0: Amy, based on the Spider-Man No Way Home trailer, it looks like Peter Parker's in some legal trouble.
1: Yeah, and it seems like he could use a lawyer who knows a thing or two about living a double life.
0: Marvel happens to have one on hand, and his name is Matt Murdock.
1: So while we're on a season break, we're heading back to 2020 to bring you our commentary series on Daredevil Season 1.
0: Just in case Mr. Murdock shows up in No Way Home, we could all use a refresher on The Devil of Hell's Kitchen.
1: We'll be back Monday, November 8th to kick off season four of The Marvelous Madams with an episode on Spider Man Homecoming. Hello, dear listeners. We have a little update for you before today's episode. For those of you expecting a full series of episodes on the new Hulu show, Hellstrom, we're sorry.
0: We had fully intended to cover it, but after binging it when it dropped, we've decided that we'd rather be raked over hot coals than cover this flaming turd of a show.
1: But we think you'll be pleased with the replacement. We sure are.
0: Damn straight. It's Daredevil time. Welcome to the Marvelous Madams podcast. We're your hosts, Madam Chris.
1: And I'm Madam Amy. We are burdened with the glorious purpose of talking all things Marvel.
0: Madams, Assemble. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. Somehow, we have managed to make it to season two of The Marvelous Madams.
1: Yes, we have somehow managed to not murder each other in this time.
0: We came close, though, didn't we? <laughs>
1: didn't, we did. We sure did.
0: Hence the season break, everyone. <laughs> now, before we head over to Hill's Kitchen, we would like to take a minute to thank all you Agents of Shields fans out there. So when we originally released our episode on the finale back in August, we did not promote it on our social media because it seemed like most of the fandom was happy with the finale, whereas I, for one, was ready to spit nails across the room.
1: (laughs) Yeah, and I was just sitting there like, huh, really?
0: Yeah, so this past week when we actually put our feelings out there on our Twitter feed, we weren't sure how it would all be received, but you guys were absolutely awesome.
1: Yeah, thank you so much for all the love and for talking with us about all our various pet peeves. It was really nice to know that a lot of you felt the same way and that we weren't just nitpicking. So we have a few people we're extra grateful to.
0: Yes, indeed. Mar at Unrequited Ship. Really, thank you for saying our episode was so accurate. I'm not going to lie. It was a rough week. I needed that validation.
1: (laughs) (laughs) There were three ladies in particular who joined in our crazy rants. Opal at USS Jellyfish. Gloria at Glory Mingaling. Tessa VB at Tessa Talks VB. Thank you for joining. And we had... Oh, fantastic time reading it all and chatting with you.
0: At Ninja Cat Hockey, I'm always happy to bring the saltiness. It's just one of many reasons I have to drink ridiculous amounts of water. <laughs>
1: Live at Agents X Delta. Thank you for agreeing that being alive does not constitute a happy ending.
0: Yeah, low bar, Agents Shield. Low bar. Very. Hey, everybody. So we are today finally getting into Daredevil.
1: Yay, let's crunch some bones.
0: Oh, God. I honestly did watch like half of this episode through my fingers because I kind of forgot just how brutal this show is.
1: Oh, it's brutal. Yes. And, you know, speaking of bone crunching, the sound effects are fantastic.
0: Dude, I have that in my notes at several points that the sound design of this show is so spot on and it makes it 10 times worse for squeamish people like me.
1: <laughs> I'm telling you, you've got to watch Hannibal. <sighs> you want to lose a couple pounds, watch <laughs> Hannibal, that's it, you're good. <laughs> I'm fine where I
0: am, Thanks.
1: But on the opposite side, I don't know what it says about me, but watching Hannibal Cook makes me
0: hungry. That's another conversation we need to have off air. (laughs) Anyway, so in addition to the brutality, there were a few other things I didn't remember. I haven't watched Daredevil since it first premiered on Netflix. And all I really remembered after this time was that I loved it. My husband and I had binged it when it came out. And were huge fans of the show.
1: But you didn't end up watching anything beyond season one of Daredevil.
0: No, I watched the first two seasons. I'm not sure how far into season three I made it, but I had to stop when Matt just started blowing up his fucking life. (laughs) I could not (laughs) deal with his stupidity.
1: Yeah, but you hadn't seen uh The Defenders before that. No. That's why you couldn't figure out why he was blowing up his life.
0: Well, no one told me at the time that there was an order of watching things.
1: It's the order it came out in.
0: That's the only Netflix show I watched, though. I didn't watch the others.
1: So you haven't seen the rest of the shows. I have. So I have like the full overarching story. It's kind of like its own universe. Right. And it kind of connects all into each other. As we move along, we will be doing that we will be discussing those
0: i remember general very broad strokes of the show but i didn't remember any details like i forgot rosario dawson was even on this show
1: yeah and she's the conduit between all of them for the entire netflix marvel universe mm-hmm. so yeah she's pretty important
0: yeah the other big thing that i forgot about this show is just how delicious charlie cox is <laughs>
1: yeah I'm I'm sure you had a good time watching that, watching him.
0: I certainly did. Now, I need to say a couple things here. Number one, this is not just me. This is not a bias of mine in any way, because Eldon Henson, who plays Foggy Nelson on the show, has actually discussed this in interviews because it's quite apparent. It's not something you can miss and it has to be talked about. Charlie Cox's ass is absolutely magnificent. (laughs) i have to agree yes yeah i'm not even kidding in an interview eldon henson was like have you seen that thing it's ridiculous
1: (laughs) yeah yeah and the black figure hugging and later on red it it accentuates his features
0: oh my god i was i was sitting on my couch salivating like a cartoon wolf (laughs) honestly and the other thing is After watching even just the first episode, I suddenly became really grateful that I've been in Texas for the last three years. I spent the summer of 2015 to the summer of 2016 back in Jersey for a year while my husband was in Korea. And thank God that it was not during that time that Charlie Cox and Tom Hiddleston did the play Betrayal Together on Broadway that they did last year. Because I tell you this. If I had been in Jersey while that show was running, I'd have gotten tickets. I would have gone. And I would probably still be in prison right now. (laughs) Jesus fucking Christ.
1: Why would you be in prison? Just for the record?
0: Do you really have to ask that? (laughs) I only have so much (laughs) self-control.
1: So we're going for indecent exposure charges? Or assault charges
0: kidnapping assault yeah something along multiple people yeah something along those lines yeah
1: yeah okay all right remind me never to be anywhere around you if you're around either of these two guys
0: because that'll happen (laughs) yeah well I don't want
1: to be charged as an as an accessory or something like that (laughs)
0: as as my enabler (laughs) (laughs) all right so let's get right into things here one of the things i appreciate about this show is how well they blend the past with the present
1: yeah they do Uh, a lot of flashbacks it's balanced well it kind of gives us uh, a history of who matt is and of course it keeps the story moving forward
0: yeah they're really good at show don't tell yeah especially with this opening scene it's a great nice and succinct just like we talked about in our iron man episode origin scene
1: yeah it's super short and in that little bit of like maybe i don't think it's even two minutes long we get to know who matt is
0: yeah and it's really visceral it's it's well done on the street and this kid playing young matt is really good yeah he is he's pretty cute he
1: actually rem- and he's not irritating no. like a lot of child actors are
0: he reminds me a little bit at least physically anyway of Finn Wolfhart
1: hmm uh-huh I can see that yeah yeah
0: we see the accident that blinded Matt in the first place and we also see right then and there the way it's done you can tell it's just him and his dad
1: yeah and we also immediately know that Matt, even at that age, was more interested in saving someone else's life, even though his life was in danger.
0: Absolutely. And he was blinded. So then we hop back to the present day and oh, I was wrong. I there was one more thing I forgot about. Matt's very Catholic. Ah, <sighs> yes, he is. Yeah. Yeah. This does yeah. leave a bad taste in my mouth.
1: Yeah, me too. Season three was too much for me. It was too much Catholic guilt.
0: Yeah, well, for listeners who don't know, I was raised in a Catholic home, whereas you were educated in a Catholic school.
1: Yes, I had nuns for for teachers.
0: We both come at this in a different way.
1: Yeah, I'm not Catholic by religion, but I was um, educated in a Catholic school.
0: Right, whereas I was baptized as a child, forced to receive communion, forced to get confirmed... And then as an adult said, fuck this. I have not voluntarily been in a church in, I don't know, 10 years at least. Okay. Speaking as someone who was forced into a confessional many times, I do not understand why anyone would voluntarily go at one, especially when there's a very good chance that that priest is probably doing worse things than you. <laughs>
1: I haven't been to confession because, obviously, I'm not Catholic. But I do enjoy the architecture and artistry in churches. Like for me, churches are more about the history as opposed to the religion.
0: Yeah, so we're gonna we're gonna leave the Catholic stuff where it is for now. But rest assured, we will be coming back to this throughout our series on Daredevil.
1: Unfortunately, yes.
0: So we also learn uh through this little montage that we have here that matt's dad was a boxer and unfortunately not a very good one
1: see now that's the thing as we move forward in the show we do see his his dad can i mean he's not always the loser if he really wants to he can just beat the shit out of his opponents but something holds him back
0: well that's something that matt talks about here is that part of him was afraid of his father That a switch would flip inside of him and a rage would come out and the results were never good. Yeah, exactly. And here's something I give Charlie Cox a lot of credit for. He does a great American accent. Yeah, he does. I had no
1: clue he was non-American till much later on.
0: But here we have, and again, I understand, but it's the Captain America problem here again. In our our cap episode, we talk about how, you know, Steve Rogers is from Brooklyn in the thirties. He doesn't sound like it. Well, Matt Murdock is a lifelong New Yorker with a neutral American accent. Now here, it would be tougher for Charlie Cox as a Brit to do that. But again, it's okay because nobody wants to hear that. (laughs) I get
1: it. I don't think it's that. I think it's got to do with international audiences. Like I said earlier having a really strong new york or boston or whatever accent you pick up it gets difficult for people around the world to understand the neutral american accent is relatively easier
0: that is a good point i do keep forgetting that
1: yeah well americans have a tendency to forget that there is an audience outside of america
0: that's fair and another thing And I wonder how much he had to practice this or how much they had to redirect him sometimes. But Charlie Cox does a fantastic job of looking like a blind person.
1: Yeah, he has done his research. That's really... It's pretty apparent that he's done his research.
0: Yeah, the way he gazes off and never looks at people, it's really hard to do. It's like a person who knows how to read looking at words and not reading them.
1: Yeah, exactly. And they've also taken a lot of effort to make it realistic like when he wakes up you hear foggy foggy you know right it's something that obviously a blind person would need to to hear who's calling and he doesn't swipe to pick up the call he taps three times
0: right they do an excellent job with those little details and also yeah he just has big eyes Mm mm-hmm is something about his face that makes his eyes bigger or wider that adds to it
1: hmm yeah well half the time he's wearing sunglasses or he's covered up
0: you know what that might enhance it too the fact that we only see his eyes some of the time
1: true yeah it's it's glaring when you see his eyes right it's weird because you're so used to seeing him with sunglasses
0: now, as much as I hate the whole idea of confession, this scene with the priest there, it's great. You get a sense of, oh, this dude's just a little bit crazy.
1: Yeah, yeah. I have to say this, though. Charlie Cox, when he speaks, he kind of makes me feel rather mellow and sleepy. He's got this really soft spoken way of talking that kind of
0: it's its kind of chill. I think it works well for the character. It does, yes. And speaking of something that's not mellow and chill, let's talk about this human trafficking scene. God! (laughs) One thing you can't say about this show, they're not subtle. No. They drop us into the shit immediately. That they do, yes.
1: And it's necessary, right? They need to bring in all the characters quickly and build up the base of the story
0: right so we have some henchmen here who are pushing these poor women that they've abducted around talking about how much money they're going to get for each of them and it's oh and just a reminder too that this really is going on in the world and all over the place right now yeah it is but unfortunately for the traffickers and fortunately for these women matt is right around the corner And we're going to call him Matt because he hasn't, he's not Daredevil yet.
1: Yes. I think the first season, it's safe to say that it's the origin story of Daredevil, despite the fact that Matt has been kicking people's asses for quite a while. Right. And technically he's not around the corner. He's on top of the container, just waiting to pounce.
0: So I feel like this fight scene just sets the tone for the entire show. That it does. Yes,
1: it's brutal it's quick it's very bone crunchy much to your dismay oh
0: my god it's i can't you know me i can't even handle people cracking their (laughs) knuckles yeah these noises absolutely go through me and credit to charlie cox again he does a lot of his own stunt work on this show and the fact that he can do it and what he does is Kind of extra amazing because no, he is he not really a big
1: guy. hard on himself for the show,
0: and it shows. <laughs> Thank you, Charlie. Because God damn, hmm. he is the yeah, definition is. of and... ripped.
1: I'll cut this up. Ripped, yeah, but not he's nimble Enough to do yes. the stuff he needs to do.
0: He's got like a gymnast yes. body. It's he's super strong, but agile at the same time, where when you see somebody like Chris Hemsworth do it, it's not as it's not quite as compelling because it's like, oh, Chris Hemsworth is six foot three. He's this big dude, you know, who's been who has the capacity to get like absolutely huge. But when you see it here with a smaller guy, for me, it just intensifies the brutality of it because he's so compact okay. and like not wiry to
1: take it away from chris hemsworth because it takes a lot of effort no matter how big you are
0: oh absolutely oh absolutely he works yeah. his ass off no question all of them did i mean recall chris evans did bicep curl a helicopter <laughs> wink wink <laughs> when it comes to charlie cox from from the neck down, I absolutely salivate. But in terms of physically, his face, he's kind of on the adorable yeah, side. He's got for a me.
1: sweet face.
0: Yes, and I have to say this. I'm sorry, Charlie Cox. Please don't sue me. But you brought this upon yourself. So when he and Tom Hiddleston were doing betrayal together, one of their performances took place on Halloween. And they had joked that they were going to be in costume for that night. And like, I kid you not, this was the one time I actually got something right. It was like two days before. And I thought to myself, those two nerds are going to switch costumes. I just knew it. And sure enough, they did. Hiddleston was wearing the absolute worst daredevil costume I have ever seen. It looked like he made it himself out of like red latex and duct tape <laughs> like dude come on you're a millionaire and you work for marvel is this really the best you could do charlie cox's low-key costume was better however because he was wearing the long black wig it became abundantly clear that he looks very much like <laughs> charles manson and they both have the same name i'm sorry charlie cox i am but so after there's still no the getting around goons
1: it are beaten up uh, and the women are rescued we finally see the intro of the show and the music this is one of those intros where the music and the graphics are just absolutely fantastic I never skip it never do
0: yeah me too
1: yeah yes I did the same thing also reminds me a little bit of Hannibal which is probably why Hannibal was on my mind I don't know which came first yeah it just again it
0: it really, it really matches the tone of the show. It actually, kind of. They sets did a great job tone, with it, in a way. You know what you're getting when yes. you see those credits.
1: It's broody, and dark, and torture, yes, and thoughtful, and it's it's wonderful. I love the intro. I loved the music.
0: And then we meet Matt's brand new legal partner, <laughs> Foggy Nelson.
1: Yeah, and you know when I saw this now when i saw uh the first episode now after so long i just remember thinking oh my god foggy's grown so much from what he was i love yeah.
0: him i absolutely love him now my question to you dear partner is have no, you seen i have the mighty not ducks?
1: Even heard of this mighty ducks is it donald Duck?
0: oh goodness <laughs> Definitely not. The Mighty Ducks and D2, specifically, which he was in, are not movies you should watch if you're over the age of 10. But they were a big part of my childhood. And he just played this big, hulking kind of character. He was big for his age back then. You know, he, He's, you know, an average-sized guy <laughs> now, but he was portrayed as kind of a brute back in okay. those movies. And he is just he's got a great sense of humor when he says to matt when he wakes matt up and he's like what time is it yeah Half past, get the <laughs> hell up i think i loved it more because that's something i have said to my husband and will say again upon <laughs> upon waking him up
1: calling him the comic relief of the show would be an insult to him because he's a very warm character
0: agreed so, that's yeah, he's a good kind word of like, for him he's
1: matt is the tortured soul of the show But Foggy is, he's the heart of the show.
0: Agreed, yeah. He is the reason people hire them, I think. Without it doesn't work without Foggy. Yeah, so... He offsets Matt, they complement each other very well. kind of like the way you and I do.
1: Well, Matt is the the brains, and Foggy is the people person.
0: Uh, (laughs) Tread carefully. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know what's about (laughs) to come out of your mouth. In our case, I
1: can't really make the distinction because it varies day to day.
0: It does and Neither of us is really a people person. Yeah, I'm more tactful than you, maybe. I, I, yes. And I would be the one to pretend I was blind to avoid dealing with people. (laughs) Well,
1: I'll go out of my way to help people.
0: That's true. To a fault. Yes.
1: Hold up. I'm
0: mad. Just do me a favor and stay away from vats of acid. So stay, stay away from, stay away from Gotham City, Amy, because if there's anything we've learned from Batman movies, there are just open vats (laughs) everywhere.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I'll end up with Two-Face or something.
0: Yeah. So one thing I have to take issue with about Foggy, though, he says at some point foggy jokes that are really only half jokes i think he believes this is true that matt only gets women because he's got the blind thing yeah. going on <laughs> um yeah foggy, i think it's that's he's half joking
1: it. and he it's kind of like you know your are that the friends since ages they, they have that comfort with each other
0: but i also think he wants to believe this. i think so too yes that he is in yeah. denial <laughs> He's very much in denial about how attractive his I is. He thinks he's
1: just about as attractive as Matt is.
0: (laughs) I do like that kind of
1: almost evil laugh going there.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's just so silly.
1: Well, uh, with a haircut and maybe a little better fitting clothes, he might be in competition. But...
0: (laughs) No,
1: might be, might be being the key word. What he lacks in aesthetics, he makes up for in personality. Let's put it that way.
0: He does. He does. He's very charming when he meets up with Brett, their cop buddy on the street. I love this. (laughs) Of all things that could be in that bag for his mom, it's cigars. (laughs) Yeah, and the cop is so
1: exasperated with
0: him yes yeah, like dude come on this is my mom stop well it's up to him smoke. to give it
1: to his mom right
0: this is true but and i think this actually sets a bit of a tone for foggy yeah, too going forward we see this he's a very loyal friend but unfortunately yeah he is, and is and that's probably
1: the reason why matt and foggy are such good friends
0: it's not necessarily always no, the healthiest of relationships. Not, and
1: it gets pretty apparent later on moving forward.
0: So as Foggy and Matt take a look at their potential new office space, we get our first little mention of the MCU when they discuss, quote, yeah. the incident, a.k.a. the Battle of New York and yes. the Avengers. And I also forgot just how much we're saying really? Hell's Kitchen on this show. Yeah, like I forgot. If anybody played a drinking game with this show and took a shot every time somebody says Hell's Kitchen, <laughs> they have Alcohol poisoning. Let me put it this way.
1: If ever I do visit the New York State, one of the places that I have to go is Hell's Kitchen because I, I just have to see it.
0: Oh, you don't want to do that. You really don't want to do I'm that. I'm not
1: going to take your word for it Trust because me. I've heard too much about it right now. Thanks to the show.
0: <laughs> okay. Okay. So we've met Matt, we've met Foggy, and now we get to meet Karen Page. Can I please take a moment, can I take a moment here to express my undying love for Debra Anwalt? Someone who's a woman. I do. I have such a girl crush on her. I absolutely adore that her. She, she is fantastic. I remember her from
1: True Blood and I really liked her there as well. She's a fantastic actress and it's a shame that we don't get to see more
0: of her absolutely and we see it right away this opening scene of her on the floor covered in blood yeah
1: very visceral shit. quite the way to introduce a character and this is the beginning of the saga of karen page getting into shit
0: yeah because you're also you're also not sure of her right away like is she hiding something is she telling the truth but at the same time is there you more also to like it? her
1: right from the moment you see her immediately
0: Mm -hmm. yep and so we get into the interrogation with her great job with the makeup here with those red rimmed eyes really stood out especially Mm, against that skin of
1: hers and i think they really liked the look so much that they kept making her cry on the show
0: Well, if anybody had a reason to cry, though, it's Completely
1: justified, but I kind of feel bad for her. I mean, she must have been dehydrated at the end of this entire series.
0: (laughs) 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 Oh, very true. So this interrogation room scene had me cracking up because everybody's like awkward and feeling each other out and Foggy is trying to break the tension of this and poor Karen is just like, who the yeah, fuck are you Yeah, and she has every two?
1: right to be suspicious because later on we know that this entire murder setup was a big conspiracy
0: against her. Of course, so she's probably thinking, oh my God, they've been hired by the people trying to kill me. They kind of reach a tentative understanding with each other here because Matt is able to listen to Karen's heartbeat as she's telling him this and he senses yeah. that she is telling the This is the why truth. he wants to take the case. That could be their new slogan for R- Nelson and Murdoch. Matt Murdoch, <laughs> no need to take a polygraph.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, considering the guy can hear and smell at an insane level, you don't need a polygraph.
0: Yeah. And it's so I love the way they slow it down and really show the enhancement of the senses. It's well done.
1: It makes you feel like you're in his head.
0: Yes. So while this little meeting is going on, we meet Leslie. So we don't know it yet, but we will come to find out that this absolute perfect fucking (laughs) creep is Wilson Fisk's right hand We haven't
1: met Fisk yet. We just hear his voice. And oh my God, that brought back so many memories.
0: Yes. Vincent D'Onofrio is is a terrifying human being. Yeah, he really is. And no matter what he's in.
1: But I can never, ever think of him as anyone else besides Wilson Fisk.
0: Oh, see, you never watched Law Uh, and Order Criminal Intent. It's not really worth watching. My mother was obsessed with it when I was a kid. Therefore, I was also forced to watch it. I've seen every episode of Alone Under Criminal Intent. He was on it for, okay. he was the, the lead detective on that show. I stuff you've as a
1: kid, it, it worries me sometimes.
0: Yeah, I know. Wesley, this is another one of those performances that he's a little too good at this. That has me wondering, is this actor a sociopath in real life? Yeah, he's like cold he slime. Is. He's a reptile. So when we meet Wesley here, this confrontation, this is another one that sets the tone for really the stakes of the show. And we see what lengths Fisk is willing to go to before yeah. we even know and who it, he is or meet him.
1: I have a little bit of a pet peeve over here. My fellow techies may get this, but but when Wesley is showing this, what we later on find out is the god, uh, When we sh- when he shows this god, his daughter's video, and the guard calls his daughter to speak to her. There should be a lag between when we see, when we hear the girl speaking, and the video on that iPad.
0: Listeners, can you it's, hear me it's rolling not my eyes? Right,
1: there has to be a lag. It you it, that's not how technology
0: works. Yeah, but it works in the moment for the show the way it's supposed to. It's simple thing. Get One can over get it. it. all i'm saying we just see it it tells us right away what kind of human yeah and it also tells us
1: how cold wesley is as well like he's willing to do whatever fisk tells him to
0: yes no compunction no questions yep now we head back over to the quote law firm (laughs) where Matt is feeling like Karen's whole arrest is suspicious and there are some fishy aspects to Mm. it. Absolutely. But I also love what Foggy says here. It's totally true as we will see throughout the show. He says, if there's a beautiful woman of questionable character in the room, Matt Murdock's going to find her and Foggy Nelson is going to suffer.
1: (laughs) And during that conversation, Foggy actually mentions to uh, Matt that I don't know how, but you always know that she's a beautiful woman which is a little Uh bit of foreshadowing for moving forward when we do find out that
0: matt can actually see um kind of not really yes and no yeah and well well, they're gonna have a whole conversation about this so we'll save that for when it happens so then we find karen in prison yeah this scene that got to you holy shit It really did. It is terrifying. So it's the same guy from the park who turns out this is why he's being threatened. He's a prison guard who has access to Karen.
1: And she, first off, the way she acted, fabulous. Secondly, the way Karen just pretends to go limp and then attack him. It goes to show that even in the midst of being fucking murdered, she has her wits around her. And that is something that we see she does throughout the entire Netflix universe, because she shows up in different shows as well.
0: Right. She's not a damsel not in distress. She has the presence. She has the presence of mind to take care of herself. Does she do stupid shit sometimes? Of yeah, course. But absolutely. So do men. And
1: you could contribute some of her stupidity to Matt's influence. But yeah, she had she keeps very true. The- She keeps her calm, even in the midst of all of this, and she does get her attacker good.
0: Yeah, so now we know beyond a shadow of a doubt, something is obviously fishy here. So the big bad of this whole season is Union Allied. It's it's like a corporate villain, and it's run by Wilson Fisk. And this is another throwback. They're they're like a conglomerate that includes contractors who are cleaning up the mess after the Battle of New York. And I especially love this because so often we forget that somebody always benefits from destruction. Somebody always benefits from war. And it's important to talk about whether it's real life or fiction. Um, We saw the same thing in Spider-Man Homecoming, too. So props to that Mm -hmm. movie for the same and it's a really important aspect of this, the way Hell's Kitchen fits into yeah, I the aftermath of the Avengers. The
1: Avengers was like the anchor for the entire extended universe beyond the MCU. A lot of the stuff. Absolutely, it was sort so of important. Branched out from there. We have the entire Netflix universe going on. And of course, we have Agent, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. that went on at that time. Agent Carter being in the past, you know, it doesn't really get affected by the avengers but the avengers uh the movie had major ramifications through the entire marvel extended television slash movie universe so yeah in a way a lot of people argue that the netflix shows are not canon because none of the television actors end up in the mcu movies and vice versa but the fact that it's mentioned as the incident and we have agents of shield which directly has you know agent colson obviously these shows are canon at least in my mind they are
0: Hmm. so matt and foggy are able to now get karen out of prison no. but not out of danger she's never charged with anything she never charged with daniel fisher's murder because clearly something's yeah, fishy and the she cops was set up for seem this. to know
1: that something is off which is why they weren't they didn't charge her
0: right they're in on it so poor karen has nowhere to go at this point she can't go back to her apartment somebody's obviously after her so matt good guy yeah, that he is like she can come he home with says
1: me. that she can come and stay with him because he can take care of both of right them. But Foggy has that kind of slight look of disappointment or slash here we go again.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yes, he does. But he also... Matt has another ulterior motive here because I think at this point he even knows she's hiding something. It's more than just protection. He wants to try and get this information out of her. It's
1: a combination of the two.
0: Now, can you tell me, because I have no idea why... Why do I love do Matt's like apartment so much? Places? No, but there's something about the ambiance of it. Maybe because it's so open. I don't know, but I just yeah, love I think that so. apartment. It's probably
1: got to do with the whole open structure of it and the large windows, which, uh, and it, well, he's got good, you know, that exposed walls and the nice, comfortable looking couch. I, I wouldn't mind a place like that.
0: Yeah, I mean, when I was looking at the couch, I was just imagine taking his clothes off on the couch. So that helps. But Well, for that, you don't yeah, need it just any suits specific him.
1: couch. That could be any couch or the floor. That's good for you.
0: Yeah, that's that's true. No, 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 no. Couch or bed. My joints cannot handle the floor. But yeah, it suits him well and it suits the show well. Because, too, it's dark in his apartment. Why would yeah. he need the lights on? And it's a very masculine place.
1: The apartment. It has that masculine vibe.
0: I, didn't I mean, get that sure, so it's much. not like
1: the dude bro kind of masculinity.
0: I yes. think it's probably the colors.
1: Which is surprising we can see, considering how dark the fucking show
0: is. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's one pet yeah. peeve we both have. Brightness
1: sure. 100%, please.
0: Yeah, and here's another credit to the actors and the showrunners here. They do a great job of showing people's difficulty in interacting with somebody with yeah, a disability. It does.
1: And yes, the, the awkwardness, awkwardness of, of it, it and just how uncomfortable they are, because they have for many times, it could be the first time they've interacted with someone with this particular disability.
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't know about you, but I'm fairly certain I I've never met a blind cousin, person in so my life.
1: I've experienced that.
0: He's just so good at He's just so damn good at being <laughs> blind. It comes off so real yeah, I think and phrase that better. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how else to say it. Like he's really fucking good at it.
1: He's, he's a... <sighs> He plays blind well.
0: It's a compliment to blind people. If you say so. Okay. (laughs) No. I don't know. People know what I mean. It's okay. That just goes to show that I'm sitting here in a room by myself just talking about interacting with a blind person and it's awkward. Yeah. Hmm. It does take a
1: little getting used to. I would say that um, I've had experience with a blind person. My cousin was blind. And I also knew someone... Um, I'm no longer in touch with but I knew someone who was deaf and I remember the initial interactions when I had both with my cousin and this friend of mine it was awkward and I kind of you know put my foot in my mouth in, in certain ways like I, I didn't know how to react or how to do the right thing it takes a little getting used to and it, it most importantly yeah. it's yeah and It's about how much you're willing to learn and adjust and do as per what is right for that, for them, as opposed to you and your comfort.
0: Very true. And that's a testament to Foggy too, because we see how comfortable Foggy is with Matt, how much he adapts to Matt and has over the years and what a good loyal friend he is in that regard. So Matt has a question for Karen here, and it's one I was thinking, too, because even though I had seen the show, like I said, I forgot all the details. So it was kind of like watching mm-hmm. it for the first time a little bit. So the question is, why didn't they just kill you, Karen? Are you hiding something? Do you still have that file, Karen?
1: Yeah, and clearly she does. And he can hear that she's lying. Thanks to the heartbeat. Right. Right.
0: Right, human polygraph that he is.
1: At one point, I was actually worried about her heartbeat. Like, you know, her heart's going to explode the way she was going so
0: fast. Oh, that wasn't even tachycardia. She was fine. So Matt lets it go for the time being. And we leave his apartment. And I just have in my notes for this next scene, bad guy (laughs) meeting on the roof.
1: Yeah, this is where we get a little bit of information about Union Allied construction And we get to meet Madam Gao.
0: Yes. And now I have to ask you, I'm just praying right now. Please, dear God, Amy, tell me you have seen the Shawshank Redemption. Thank God the (laughs) angels are singing. When I saw the warden, I was like, yes. That dude, I forget the actor's name, but he is forever the warden from Shawshank, and he's such a great fellow. he's very
1: familiar. I I don't know what his name is, but I've seen him in various different projects. I've I've always liked him wherever he shows up.
0: Yeah, so this is where we find out, obviously, Fisk was behind the human trafficking operation that Matt squashed like a bug. And, you know, this scene reminds me of the scene in the dark night where they're having their bad guy group therapy in the back of that restaurant Mm -hmm. and the Joker shows up. It's like a group (laughs) therapy kind of deal.
1: Yeah, I think this is more like a regroup session where they're trying to figure out what happens now that Matt in his mask has kind of, yeah, kind of, he's a pesky little bug that they need to squash.
0: While they're having their little tête-à-tête on the roof... God, Karen, why you have to be such a Karen sneaking (laughs) back to your apartment to get this flash drive? Yeah, well, she
1: she was trying to be smart. I mean, she was trying to get her insurance, but.
0: Yeah, and I get that she didn't want to tell Matt because I don't think it's a matter of trust. I think it's a matter of she doesn't want to put anyone else in harm's way after Daniel Fisher was already killed. It's a
1: combination of the two. You need to give me.
0: Still not smart. The, it's like it's still. She doesn't think this through Agreed. very well. She has to know her. I don't think being she knows out. that
1: yet because she's still. She's kind of like the deer in headlights at this point, you know.
0: But you'd have to make that assumption. That's why she's not That's going why back there.
1: Matt told her not to go back there.
0: Right. She's not stupid. She
1: probably assumed that maybe if she didn't show up, the bad guys left. They wouldn't be waiting for her.
0: I don't know. It's a tough choice. She's kind of between a rock and a hard place here. She's
1: trying to get her insurance with that flash drive. And at the same time, she doesn't want to jeopardize Matt or Foggy's life at the same time.
0: Right, but of course, Matt heard With her leave the apartment, of course. and he, yes, and he is there to save the day, and we get another say, great fight sequence. Getting to her, he does. He jumps around like a fucking acrobat on this show. Yeah, it is awesome. <laughs> I'm at times. I'm like, do you even have bones? <laughs>
1: I think all the bone crunching should answer that.
0: <laughs> <sighs> so great fight sequence here and Matt ends up on his face outside in the rain. And this kind of reminded me a little bit of the end of Ragnarok when Thor is kind of concussed and mm-hmm. thinks about his father for a second. Yeah, he gets. We get yeah. another flashback here. Right. Yeah. Of Matt and his dad. And these are just so sad because I feel for both of them. You know, Matt's dad was a single dad in the late 80s, early 90s. Not a very common thing. Working class, just doing his best, trying to provide for his kid. But at the same time, dude, do you have to do it with your face? Could we try a different line
1: of work? Okay, you're a strong guy. Get into construction. Don't get your face bashed every five seconds.
0: And that's something else I really appreciate. I think his dad is so well cast. This show is being made in, you know, the 2010s in an era when, you know, anybody who's in, no offense tomorrow, obviously, because of what we're doing here, <laughs> but everybody's in super shape. Everybody's at the gym all the time. His dad doesn't look like this. He looks
1: more fit, but not ripped.
0: Yeah. No, he's rough. He looks like a construction worker, like that kind of body. Like he's not at the gym lifting weights every day, but he earned a black belt at the School of Hard Knocks. Question.
1: Does he kind of remind you of, or Okay, kind of reminds me in a certain light. Okay. No. No, They're they, both they white guys, do that's have it. a little bit, like the eyes and something. There is something there,
0: mm, a little bit, not, not really. Not Part of me is like, what? Do you realize what you're yeah, doing exactly. to your son? He's
1: traumatizing him
0: here we have this memory of Matt's dad who is telling him you know yeah. Murdoch's always get up
1: and that's what fueled him to get up back in in present times
0: right and we got to say it again the sound design in this yeah. scene the rain. is amazing it's it's raw and real it's a, just a, the definition of a knockdown
1: yeah and drag that out is fight. what this show is is well known for they really do a very good job of keeping it grounded and painful and, and hard and real. And we see Matt getting tired and breathing heavy and struggling, and that goes to show that he is not a superhero. He's just a regular guy. Right. Yes. But he never stops. And he's a glutton for punishment.
0: Oh, absolutely. Although I was torn about this scene because on one hand, the noise, the bone crunching was so rough. And on the other,
1: (laughs) (sighs) the visuals,
0: I can't handle. Yeah, especially depending on the time of the month and just happened to be that rough day for me on Monday when I watch this. I cannot handle a soaking wet Charlie Cox in his black outfit. I just wanted to peel those <laughs> clothes off of him. So I will tend to you. Charlie
1: Cox was soaking wet. Were were you experiencing different type of moisture <sighs> issues?
0: <laughs> Indeed. Yes. Yes. He wins the wet t shirt, uh-huh. wet pants okay. contest.
1: For the record, he's not my type. He doesn't do anything for me. I do appreciate his soft spokenness, that but that's about it.
0: Yep. Yeah. That's fine. I've got enough for both of us. It's all fine. I right. mean, he's
1: an aesthetically pleasing guy, don't get me wrong, but
0: Yeah. So, takes a while, but Matt is finally able to mm-hmm. dispatch this guy. So, Wesley has to let the boss know uh goon number 3 yeah. didn't do the job, which is going to
1: be a trend for them.
0: Yes. So, as we said earlier, we do not see Wilson Fisk in this episode. We only hear him. He's like the shark in Jaws. Right. You know, yeah, they for the wait. Big yeah. And that voice is plenty intimidating oh, yeah, enough absolutely. on its own.
1: And I think second time around, it is even more so.
0: Yeah. And the following day, you know, Matt's, Matt's beat up, of course. He's beat to shit. And the running trope of this show and it's a classic superhero trope but they do it so well here is the idea of not knowing your best buddy in the world is a superhero vigilante right yeah. okay because vigilante like yeah like we
1: discussed matt is not a and superhero
0: very true so i love the way they bring this together at the end with them having dinner what a cute yeah, little I family kind they make of
1: felt a little happy And yeah, wistful. Wistful? Thank you.
0: Yeah. Happy
1: and sad at the same time. Like they found their family in in this shitty way, but they already do care so much for each other.
0: Yeah. And props again to the Marvel casting department because these three people are perfect. They have such fantastic chemistry amongst the three of them and in pairs. Yeah, absolutely. They They can
1: play well. You combine them in any way with each other, it works.
0: Mm -hmm. So this new little family they formed, they make an agreement here because they need some clients. For Matt and Foggy, it's kind of a chicken or egg situation. They're going to need a secretary, but they don't have any clients yet. And Karen needs a new job. So she's like, um, all right. Have it I come Yeah, and for she you does
1: feel like she owes them because they pretty much saved her life without taking a penny.
0: True. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And obviously she seems to have liked them and gotten along really well with them, which is great. And we can see that, like we just discussed, the chemistry between them is fantastic.
0: Yeah, and Foggy is one of those people where... At least for me, if you can't get along with him, (laughs) there's something wrong with you. Yeah,
1: you can't not love him. And then we have this montage of all the various bad guys and their enterprises. We see Owlsley, the Shawshank Warden, who is transferring money from Union Allied. And we have Madam Gao, who this is our introduction to her entire enterprise, which we get to see a lot more of. In Iron Fist and The Defenders. Then we also get to see the Chechnin guys who kidnap this little boy, which transitions us into the second episode. I really love this montage because it shows just how influential Fisk is and how far into Hell's Kitchen his influence lies.
0: He's exactly. got tentacles yes. and everything. He's like a weed that just spreads out into the whole world. And it also
1: is a wonderful way to set up the world of not only Daredevil, but the entire Netflix universe as a whole. Because a lot of these characters pop into the various different shows at different times.
0: And the last thing I will say is I could watch Charlie Cox box (laughs) all day. (laughs) Sure you would all right so that wraps up episode one of daredevil and i can't wait to continue this series because it's been so long and i only saw it once it's like watching yeah, it and for the I first am time again. looking
1: forward to revisiting hell's kitchen again so if you want to reach out and discuss daredevil with us find us on twitter or instagram at marvel madams
0: Thanks to all you, Madams, for joining us and today. I'm Madam Maybe. I'm Madam
1: Chris. Join us next week for season one, episode two of Daredevil.
0: Yes, and hopefully my hormones have calmed down by then. Yeah, for Amy's so sake at least. It. If you enjoy listening to us and you'd like an exclusive episode about how we met and started the podcast, our origin story, as it were, join we'll our email our list our and we'll send the
1: you the link. We're Infinity Stones. Oracle's best friend. You know, uh, this morning when I woke up, there was this brief, like, couple of moments where there was absolutely no noise and I could hear a bird chirping. I just, that moment was just so good and such a big respite that Oh, it made me feel like I need to get out of here. A-
0: Amy, Amy, the question is though: Did you follow that article's instructions? Did you <laughs> schedule in that moment? Was the bird scheduled? Because if it wasn't, then you're not, I was having, not having a productive having a meltdown. And I was feeling happy. Well, you're not having productive stress relief if it wasn't scheduled? You, you read well, the article. Well, technically,
1: I was being productive because I was shitting at the same
0: time. <laughs> really <laughs> really you give me grief about TMI and you tell me that <laughs> you get mad when I talk about a hairball on the couch and, but you can tell me you're simultaneous you're multitasking my shitting <laughs> all stress okay <laughs>